0: Welcome to Gondrepreneur, helping Gondrepreneurs grow and succeed in every sector of the cannabis industry. Gondrepreneur will introduce you to the cannabis pioneers who are paving the way for future generations. Learn about the shifting landscape of the market directly from the experts and get to know some of the leading minds in the industry as they tell their story of struggles and success. Now, CannabisRadio.com presents Gondrepreneur.com.
1: Hi there, and welcome to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Lose. The Gontrepreneur.com podcast gives us an opportunity to speak directly to entrepreneurs, cannabis growers, product developers, and cannabis medicine researchers, all focused on making the most of cannabis normalization. As your host, I do my best to bring you original cannabis industry ideas that will ignite your own entrepreneurial spark and give you actionable information to improve your business strategy and improve your health and the health of cannabis patients everywhere. Today, my guest is John Davis. John Davis is a founding member and executive director of the Coalition for Cannabis Standards and Ethics. He has worked on drug policy reform for over 20 years. John was a board member of Hemp Initiative Projects in Washington State starting in 1993 where he helped to author early marijuana legislation initiatives and run the campaigns. He is founder of the Northwest Patient Resource Center, a medical marijuana dispensary in Seattle, Washington, soon to be 502 licensed. John was elected to the Board of Directors of the National Cannabis Industry Association in 2012, where he was elected vice chair in 2014. John is a board member of the Coalition for Responsible Cannabis Reform, the Nevada Cannabis Industry Association, and was a founder of the Washington Cannabis Commission Project. John has served as cannabis policy expert to the state of Washington and the city of Seattle, as well as several other states and localities. He has been an advisor to foreign presidents, heads of state, British Parliament, and multiple U.S. agencies. John helped author the Washington State Implementation Guide for 502 Regulated Cannabis with the Washington State Interagency Regulators Achieving Cooperation. Before his move to the cannabis industry, John provided construction services for the U.S. military and held a high-level U.S. military security clearance. John has been featured on ABC, NBC, CBS, Fox, CNN Money, Bloomberg, Fox Business, Twitter, and many more. John was Cannabis Business Executive's pick for the 8th most influential person in cannabis policy of all time. Today, he is here to speak with us about working with state legislators on cannabis reform. Welcome, John. Hey,
2: thanks for having me, Shango. Great to be here.
1: So, John, what are your initial recommendations for someone new to following cannabis legislation at the state level so they get off on the right foot? Well, it's with
2: anything. you. First, don't take other people's word for what's going on in a legislative body, even someone that is connected, because they don't always give you the the full picture. And sometimes they have an agenda. The thing about it is. If you're looking at modern legislature in any state, all of the stuff is online. In Washington, you can find that at Ledge, and that follows the legislature's every move. And you can look at... The current language of any bill that's going through the system. You can see the bills from an overview, and you can even see the proposed amendments on it. So the the one thing that I've noticed in Washington State is that often people are reading the wrong version of uh, of law, like they're uh, reading a couple iterations ago, and often when a bill's traveling through a legislature, especially in Washington, there's striking amendments. And what a striking amendment is in a a piece of legislation is that is taking everything except for the bill sponsors and the title and replacing all the other words. So a striking amendment basically turns it into a different bill. And uh, you could be reading one bill and say, hey, I have a problem with that, and there's a completely different bill going on. So And it'll also, like in the state of Washington, with any bill, it will have, if you go to the bill the homepage, uh, you can read through uh, when it was introduced, what the first reading was, what committees it needs to go through, what committees it has passed, and all the way up into session law. And that's, if you look at the documents, and it'll have all the available documents from the bill. Once a bill is passed, that passed bill is always called session law. If you're reading anything else, you're not reading what actually passed. So first things first is make sure that you're reading the 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 right bill. And as I say, if you're serious about following legislation, you know, here's the bad news, uh, Shango, is you have to sit down and read it. <laughs> <laughs> And and that is tough. I You know, myself, what I do is I take myself out to dinner, just me and the bill and, and a highlighter and a pen. And I just sit there and have dinner and read the thing, you know, uh, all devices turned off <laughs> and, and go through it. Bill language is like anything else. It's a little bit learning a foreign language, but I, I think the best way to begin to have those skills is to just do it. And to uh, read it, you'll kind of, after you've uh, read a few of these documents, you kind of understand the way they're organized. And you'll say, oh, okay, yeah, I understand this section is the intent section. And, you know, this section has to do with this. This section has to do with uh, when – sections are enacted, and uh, you'll begin to get it. But I mean, if you're really going to follow the law, if you're going to follow a legislative cycle, follow the law through the legislative cycle, you've got to put the work in. And unfortunately, you'll read one iteration of the bill, you'll have your comments, and then they'll put in a striking amendment. Yep, you got to read that one too. And when a striking amendment is proposed, often what you have to do is take that striking amendment and compare it to the last version of the bill to to see what things have changed. And sometimes you have to go through line by line because the iterations of the bill will only tell you, show you by underlining and striking what pieces were added, what pieces were taken away from existing law, not from the last uh, iteration of the bill. So often it's a matter of mechanically going through line by line and saying to yourself, what has changed here?
1: It sounds um, like it would be this would be a really good opportunity to, um, you know, use a mentor in that, you know, yes, you, you know, your idea to make sure that you know where the bills are online and to make sure that you're reading the most recent bill are good. But it sounds like every state is going to have its own idiosyncrasies. Uh, and so finding a mentor who can say, OK, this is the, – these are the, like the five things you need to know. This is where the bills are kept. This is, you know, this is how to read it in our state uh, to kind of, kind of, kind of you know, get your toes wet so that from that
2: point you can take yourself to dinner and know what you're reading and know you're reading the right thing. Yeah, and that's if you can find someone <laughs> who's willing to do that. Yeah, that that's great because I mean, uh they don't really they don't teach you this stuff in school. I mean, even if you, you know, are going through and getting a poli sci degree, they don't teach you these skills. These are these are skills that are learned uh on how to follow legislation like this. But yeah, absolutely. If you can get a mentor without an agenda to sit and kind of Uh, Take you through how bills in your particular locality or state or whatever you're concerned with, um, what that process is, that would be a wonderful thing. I think that's a good point too that uh, you need to kind of
1: suck it up and know you're going to have to read this bill and read the bill over and over again very likely during the legislative cycle because you know there is certainly – there are certainly rewards to it because when you read the bill, you are going to know that better than anybody that you talk to because almost nobody else has read the bill. And so you'll have a level of familiarity with it that others won't, which will not only have other people that you're trying to activate respect you more probably – But also when you speak to the legislators, they're going to know that you're not contacting them just based on rumor, but that you've actually done your homework.
2: Yeah, and there's so much rumor out there. Like if you're going to follow a bill, follow a bill. But don't just take other people's word for it because uh, those people come with agendas and they will they will tell you things about a bill that's more more rumor than truth. And then if you're just going around saying, "Well, this bill, uh, this bill ends uh, hashish in Washington State," it's like, no, it doesn't. Read, you know, here's the sections that that's in. It's more nuanced than that. Uh, you know, if you're gonna, you know, be all opinionated about the bill, at least know what you're talking about. It, you know, you should know these bills are broken up uh, into sections. And, like, if you're concerned with uh, concentrates, uh, there'll be uh, a section, maybe two, that deals with that. I mean, you could at least find those sections and follow those sections. Uh, But if you're going to have an opinion, please make sure that you yourself are looking at it and not taking anyone else's word. Because, I mean, the upshot of that is with the rumor – uh, it gets a lot of those people. You know, uh, some agency will go out and say, "Hey, we need to storm our legislature because they are proposing this," and it's not true. And then a bunch of people show up down at the legislature and start lobbying their legislators to change something that's not there. Uh, it it kind of makes us all look like we're high. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I believe that. Well, thanks, John. We're going to have to take a short break right here. We'll be right
1: back. You are listening to the Entrepreneur dot com podcast.
0: After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gondrepreneur will return. We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Ganjapreneur only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to the Ganjapreneur.com podcast. I am your host, Shango Lose. And our guest this week is longtime cannabis activist, consultant, and entrepreneur, John Davis. So, John, before the break, we were talking about uh, if you really want to get into following cannabis legislation at the state level, you really need to get in with both feet. And you know, getting involved with the creation of legislation can be really frustrating and fulfilling at the same time. There's so many deals that are made in the shadows, and so much money in the game. Do you think that there's individual that individual people can still play a role in cannabis legislation at the state level?
2: Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, you can't. I, I, you, to yes, if you're on your own and not willing to put in the work, yes, you you are unable to affect anything. However, if you're actually able, uh, willing to put in the work, and you by yourself can be uh, effective by going in and making those relationships with legislature uh, with legislators and um, getting to know them. You know, one of the best things that you can do as a private citizen is show up to the fundraisers, right? You don't even have to give money every time you go to a fundraiser. Nobody checks. <laughs> uh, it, so, but it's always, you know, money is <laughs> the way that you know, some of the engine runs. So if you're able to give some, that always helps. You know, you give some money and you can get a legislator on the phone. But by forging these uh, relationships, you by yourself can be influential by being able to influence a lawmaker, and then that lawmaker can be influential in the actual uh floor the the stuff that goes down on the floor what 's a better idea is to find other people with like minds, and that 's what you can do as just you know Joe everybody is find other people that have like minds get in it it actually makes it better because you know when you 're going through you 're all having to read the law, you know you can cry on each other 's shoulders about how much it sucks. <laughs> but um as you're to uh, more people, uh, you have a larger voice. You can get to more legislators. You can even give yourself a name, right? And as long as your brand is good and they consider you people that know what you're talking about, then yes, you can you can be effective. It's not just about the money, right? but I mean, it, it can be a lot about the money. But it's also given the money, the legislators aren't going to do something that's just evil because of money. They have to get reelected, so they they will they are definitely influenced by money, but they're also influenced by putting together something that is not going to be horrific to the voting public. It sounds
1: from what you said before the first break that they would really value the legislatures, the legislators would appreciate being come to with actual ideas from somebody who has actually done their homework. And since so many cannabis activists are, you know, we've got more history than a lot of the legislators, that coming having read the bills and actually having some solutions in mind instead of just coming and complain would also be a really great way to create influence. So you might not come with money, but if you come with ideas, they have their own value and the uh, elected officials were probably like thrilled to hear them because maybe that it's that's the solution they've been
2: looking for themselves. They are. And look if you actually know what the heck you are talking about, you are a stakeholder, and you can give them the stakeholder's perspective. And if you really know what you're talking about, they want that. But, I mean, you do have to come with the solutions. But those solutions, like people think that they can come and say, hey, look, you know, I think that law should include this. It's like, no, to be effective, you say, okay, in third line, page 46, I need should to be may that is what actually changes legislators minds because that's something that they could do i mean you're not asking them hey can you go understand all of this subject and then change it based on these ideals that i have i mean they're not going to do it like but when you come in and say look i have read the i have read the proposed bill i'm good with a lot of it section three i need this paragraph to be stricken you know, specific things, they're really looking for it, you know. And if you actually have credibility of knowing what you're doing, that's, they can also say, hey, look, we've met with stakeholders and the stakeholders wanted this. That sounds like it would make a lot of sense to give them
1: truly actionable information that they can do something about instead of having it be kind of amorphous. And then they have to take the next step to figure out, you know, how to actually make that make that happen. So, we, you know, we were talking about meeting with the state representatives in order to make this happen for folks who have never done that before how exactly do you do it is, that, is it as easy as just picking up the phone and calling them and asking for their time
2: Oh, no, no, no. They view that as lazy. And sometimes they'll give you their time. But look, if you're interested in, let's take Washington State for example, go down to Olympia. <laughs> Drive down to Olympia. Parking, actually, the rates are not too bad. And go into the legislative session early on. This is after you've already attended a bunch of fundraisers, right? But now you're in session. Go to the offices of especially people that are in the committees that matter to your bill. And do you meet with the representative? No. You meet with the legislative aides. Mm. The legislative people don't understand how important legislative aides are. Most of the stuff that's actually written comes from the legislative aides, not the legislator. Now, knowing the legislator is handy, they can steer this whole process. But once you're good with the legislative aid, you come by, they know who you are, bring them by uh, good analysis, then you get to be known by that office. But never underestimate the, the person that's sitting at the desk at the so, reception.
1: So, so I shouldn't feel bad if I go to visit my representative and they're not there or even if they there, are there and I'm introduced to an aide, because actually the aide might actually have the juice that I'm looking for. It isn't being pawned off on an aide. That aid might actually actually be the channel I'm looking for
2: yeah the aid actually might may be more effective than the legislator because the the aides generally are the ones that actually do the work <laughs> the legislature <laughs> just goes down the legislator's job is to go and get that work through the legislative process. So what if, what if I want to
1: approach a representative who is on the other side of the bill? And so I know that they're, they're, they may not want to make the changes that I'm going to suggest, but I really want to talk to them and potentially sway them or, or point out something that I think that they're misinterpreting. What's a good
2: way to approach somebody who's on the other side? Well, OK, remember that these people are human. I think that a lot of people think that somehow uh, elected officials are somehow superhumans or something they act a lot like. The rest of us and if you go in yelling and screaming they're gonna think to themselves how rude <laughs> don't let that person in my office certainly <laughs> never uh, set up a meeting with them Also you know they' if you're talking to them from a, a, a knowledge point they're gonna listen better If you come with respect like okay so you're going in and you're having typically democratic issue with a Republican find common ground i.e. take take cannabis, for instance. If you're, I've, I've talked to uh, actually high-level people in uh, Congress, U.S. Congress, that are Republicans, and actually the Republicans are getting more good with the issue. Say, hey, look, Republicans, don't think of this as a cannabis thing. Think of this as a – you're for small government, right? You're a Republican. You're for small government. You're for states' rights. You're for the Tenth Amendment. Don't, don't, you don't have to be pro-cannabis or anything like that just be a republican like and try to put it frame it from from their standpoint the way that they're going to look at it and i see so 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 suddenly
1: it's not oh we want to make this like drug legal this is about individual rights and this is about you know the the freedom of businesses to go into what they
2: want and and the freedom to pay your taxes and be an american yeah exactly so you're framing it from from their point of view and uh, you can actually make headway that way. So in, in anything that you're doing with a legislative body, when you're coming into someone that's on the opposition, first, show no hate. Be very cordial. Shake their hand. Say, thank you for taking the time. I'd like to give you a perspective. you know. And even if they still agree afterwards, you be polite, even if they're not polite to you. And you shake their hand and you thank them for their time. And then you come back. right? And, you know, at some point, legislators will, you know, they'll feel for you, you know, if you're putting in the effort, even if they're on the other side. And if you're constantly respectful, they're going to most of them will show that back to you. Some of them will never. But (laughs) well, that makes a lot of sense, too, because uh, it will give them an opportunity
1: to see you as a human if you're treating them like a human as well. So we're going to take another short break and be right back. You are listening to the Gondrepreneur.com podcast.
0: After a short message from the sponsors who made this show possible, Gantrapreneur will return.
1: MJWellness.com, the largest medical marijuana community in the world. Connect with thousands of patients, doctors, industry leaders, and businesses through shared personal experiences along our worldwide network. Discover new therapies and benefits with content tailored to you. Come grow your network on MJWellness.com. You're not alone. Your wellness matters. Learn, live, and thrive. Check out MJWellness.com today.
3: Plus, build more buzz for your brand with our social media marketing strategy. Discover all that the Internet Marketing Ninjas can do for you. Visit the online dojo now at InternetMarketingNinjas.com. The smoke is rising, and the next crop of podcasts devoted to cannabis providers and enthusiasts are ready to be harvested.
0: We're back to help Gondrepreneurs grow. You're listening to Gondrepreneur, only on CannabisRadio.com.
1: Welcome back. You are listening to the Gontrepreneur.com podcast. I'm your host, Shango Lopes. And our guest this week is longtime cannabis activist, consultant, and entrepreneur, John Davis. So John, before the break, we were talking about the best way to approach our elected representatives is treating them like humans. And whether they're on the side of cannabis that we want them to be or whether or not they've got issues, either way, treat them like good people. And I would think that over the course of a legislative Legislative cycle, lots of really unexpected and unexpected and ugly things could happen. What's the best way to deal with when you know you get involved of making the sausage of a bill and things just like totally fall off their axles?
2: Well, I mean, what happens if what happens? When this is legislative sausage being made, and I've been through a lot of legislative sessions, you know, in the state and localities, and actually in uh, the U.S. Congress, and <laughs> you've got a bill like you know and you're trying to usher it through the the process everything is going to appear to be coming off its axles but really it's the way that it's done like there's going to pe- be people on the other side now you're lobbying for something um, perhaps you you uh did your work and got in early and got a sponsor and it's your bill right you actually wrote it and you shopped it, and you got someone to introduce it. Well, now the people on the other side—you think they're going to say, "Wow, that's the best written piece of legislation <laughs> I've ever seen"? No, it's not the way it goes. There's going to be someone that's against you. There's going to be, you know, the the localities or the police or are this or that or you know, <laughs> uh, private prisons, right? And those people are going to be attempting to make your bill a hundred and eighty degrees from you know. Uh, what you planned it to be, and so it 's a dynamic process and um, then you 're really trying to understand uh, you know who your, who your opposition is, who are those people on the other side? Um, how can I get to them? you know a lot of people don 't know that uh, being a good lobbyist means lobbying other lobbyists as well, not just the legislators, but to find those people on the other side and say, "Hey, so like what you know uh, can I crawl into your head a little bit and understand it? Okay, well, yeah, we're uh, natural enemies, but uh, maybe we can, you know, do you really need this? Can can you soften on this part and even work together in those ways? Because what you're trying to do is you're trying to get the best bill possible. Uh, there is no perfect piece of legislation. It's all sausage. There's going to be things in there that you were uh, successful in, and there are things that you're – not so successful in Mm -hmm. Uh, and that's just the way it's made but you know that's why they make another legislative cycle so you can go in the next year and fix those things that you weren't able to fix this year uh and to uh make sure that uh the stuff that you really want um are in the bill but you know all sorts of things happen you know and there's they can be people lobbying on your side seemingly on your side of an issue and uh but they could be doing it in a really poor way that is starting to anger people. You know, People will get upset about your issue based on the behavior of people that come in and uh, uh, purport to be on your side. So I can see it is how a very would be dynamic, cha- dynamic process.
1: I can see how even, even our own allies and different cannabis activists would could get upset because maybe they haven't read the law or maybe they don't understand how the legislature works and and maybe they're getting angry because i'm not getting more angry and yelling when you know my communication style might not be to yell at legislators i'm looking for a different solution and so i can imagine that it would be challenging not only to work sometimes with folks who are holding different opinions but also people on my own side for people who want me to be more radicalized than than the bill is going to allow
2: Nothing is uh, worse for a cannabis bill than cannabis activists that are pissed off and want to yell at someone, because that's exactly what they do. And like, you know, often you're you're having to be in there and you have precious time there to lobby and you have to spend the first 5 minutes saying hey look i'm not those guys <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> uh, and i
2: understand the passion that's out there but when the passion is misinformed and when the pa- uh, you know do you think that you're going to come into a legislator's office, yell at them, and then they're going to think, "Oh yeah, God, he's right, I've been bad"? No, that's not. They're humans. They're going to be pissed off at you. I mean, how rude of you to come into me, I'm an elected official, and, and yell at me, right? So sometimes there's a lot of damage control uh, that you need to do from people on your own side, and that's why it's important to to build your own brand or your group's brand. Hey, we work together. We might not always like what's coming out, but we're never going to come and accuse you of being evil for you know uh, having a different view from us. Because you got to remember, there's another legislative cycle that you can be effective in. And if you're down in a in in a, in a legislature, your one goal, your sole goal, is to be effective. Like all else is you know, um, secondary, right? Because you're actually there trying to change legislation. And if you're yelling and screaming, like, uh, you can alienate a legislature for, legislator for life. And the thing about it is, they're humans. They can also be very petty. Uh, sometimes they will be against something because screw you, that's why, right? And you never want to get there. And you never know. And I've seen this over and over again. You never know when someone that you hated last session is a key committee vote for you at, at this particular junction, right? And if you've alienated them, uh, you're not going to be able to get that vote. And sometimes that's what it is. When it's going through the committee process, it's a matter of one vote. And if you don't have that vote or the committee chair is sideways on you, you will never be able to usher a piece of legislation through. So, uh, yeah, you got to watch P's and Qs.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. That sounds like a great uh, point to end on too, to, to treat your representatives humanely and kindly. Make sure you do your homework. And, and if you don't pull it together, remember that there's always another legislative session. So yes. John, thanks so much for being on the show.
2: Well, thank you for having me. I had a good time.
1: John Davis is a longtime cannabis activist, consultant, and entrepreneur. You can find more episodes of the Gontrepreneur podcast in the podcast section at Gontrepreneur.com. You can also find us on the Cannabis Radio Network website and in the Apple iTunes store. On the Gontrepreneur.com website, you will also find the latest cannabis news, product reviews, and cannabis jobs updated daily, along with transcriptions of the podcast. You can also download the Gontrepreneur iTunes and Google Play. We are also thrilled to announce that you can now find the show on the iHeart Radio Network app, bringing Gontrepreneur to 60 million mobile devices. Thanks to Brasco for producing our show. I'm your host, Shango Lopes.